doo-doo, <laughs> doo-doo. <laughs> are, we, are we going? Is everybody going? Doo-doo, <laughs> the doo-doo. What's up, motherfucker? Simba Ali, we are back again. <laughs> the podcast. I hope we're recording. If we're not, we're just going to miss a whole lot of great shit. Um, this is Simba Ali. We are here before we get into the podcast. I just want to encourage everybody to watch the new show, Me Against the World on YouTube. It's the number one Minnesota hit YouTube series starring myself and a bunch of other motherfuckers that I happen to run into within a day. Um, yes, watch it. Uh, click the link. You'll see the link in the bio. Click the link. It's a great show. It's a hood food, a hood food show. Um, and it's going to expand right now. I'm just kind of conquering Minnesota, going to the different spots in Minnesota, but uh, it's going to expand. I'm going to go to California. Hopefully I can go international, international. I can get some overseas. You know what I mean? I want to go overseas and try some overseas food and culture and just experiences. So me against the world is like I said, my brainchild for the, for the original people. What the fuck is me against the world? Well, it was originally going to be called surviving Simba. You guys remember that? When I was talking about I'm going to do a reality show, it's going to be called Surviving Simba. Remember, well, that's turned into me against the world. A lot of you guys are watching it, so I know that I'm not talking just to deaf ears out there. A lot of people have watched it. I've gotten a lot of good reviews about it. It's, it seems like people send, uh, tend to like the positive Simba. We like you doing the positive shit. Shut up, you fucking motherfucker. I'm always positive. I'm a positive person. People act like I'm out here fucking setting babies on fire or something like that because I say um, controversial and shocking things on the internet. <clears throat> and it made me think, of, we're going to talk. Like I said, this is the podcast. I hope everybody is here. Make sure you click and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure that you cop those Savoir Fair t-shirts. I'll be coming out with a few new uh, designs here. Um, I kind of like the surfing ones. Those are going pretty good, but I'm <clears throat> thinking about coming out with a new design, but um, make sure to all my people out there on all the different pl- podcast platforms, um, thank you for sitting down with Simba Ali, the greatest Minnesota podcaster ever. I am the Minnesota Podfather. I am. I'm the fucking Don Corleone of podcasting in Minnesota. Nobody's fucking with me here. And I really honestly, in my heart, I believe nobody's fucking with me anywhere, but just statistically. We're just talking statistically. Nobody's fucking with me statistically in Minnesota. You are listening to Simba Ali the most number one controversial podcaster and the podfather of Minnesota. I'm sitting down today. Got me a little bit of a nightcap, something nice to sip on here. I got my, I got my little, my libations and my um medications ready to go. We're going to talk about a few things, Um, but that's all. Yeah, that's where I was going. I was just trying to think, where the fuck was I going? But the difference between, a lot of people try to compare me to Charleston White. And Charleston White's been in some shit lately. Like, he got a lot of shit. This, this new case, this new... Now, Charleston White says that he's a snitch. He says he's a rat. He went by the name Rat Williams. So, this is not anything new. Like, he was some gangster guy who lived by the code, and now all of a sudden, um, this new, these new documents or these new papers are coming out on Charleston White. This isn't something new. He's, he, he's openly um, professed. To being an informant. Now he's kind of done it in a slapstick jokey kind of way. So you're like, is he serious? Is you don't know, right? But as of lately, it's been getting a little bit more serious as far as WAC 100 has these files, um, these papers that say that he told on his co-defendant. Um, if you know Charleston White, he brags about murdering a white man, 
I guess it was him and two other co-defendants. And uh, WAC 100 got his hand on this paperwork. You know WAC 100. WAC, WAC's a, WAC, WAC is a very, very intriguing nigga. And not too many niggas are intriguing. I'm going to keep it a bean with you. Most niggas are, you know, they're dangerous. They're scary. They're violent. They're, there are a lot of things. They're athletic. But you don't really find too many intriguing niggas. WAC, especially that has a uh, gang history like WAC does. You know, when you find, not intriguing. Niggas are pretty much you know, copy, cut, and paste. Wag is intriguing. As far as me being from the outside, you know, I don't know how he is as a person, but I'm talking about from the outside. The things that he does and the shit that he says is intriguing. It's like him and Charleston White. To me, these are my comic reliefs, and I don't mean like I laugh at them. I laugh with them. I laugh at the shit that they say that they know is going to get a rise out of people. Now, I'm sure when they say it, they're thinking that people are going to be mad or happy. I just find comedy in it. But anyways, WAC 100 got these files. They've been, they, they found these files in Charleston White, and it says that he um, informed on his co-defendants, the two other kids that were 15 at the time that committed the murder with Charleston White, of the white guy over the starter jacket. Now, Charleston, he hasn't really rebuttaled this, and this is where I, you can see... And I know, I know niggas that do this. I know a lot of niggas that have gotten involved in gangs that, that have like real, they've tricked the gang members. I know niggas that do not have a gang past. They're soft as baby shit as far as their past. What makes them up? What, what did you come up doing when you was four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13? A lot of niggas are soft as baby shit, but they tricked the gangs because they were good at selling dope, Right? I know a lot of niggas that could sell dope good and make money, so they trick the gang members into thinking like, I don't know how, it, it, but it works. Sometimes you can trick a nigga. You can trick the gang members sometimes, especially with money. So when I hear Charleston White, he's not really, really rebuttaling Wax 100's claims. He's not rebuttaling um, Ayatollah Marv's claims. He's not dismissing Melvin Farmer's claims. What he's doing is he's playing the I'm smarter than you game. So now he's saying, you said I was 14. Or he's, or what, what Charleston White is saying is, you guys said I was 15. Actually, I was 14. So who is this 15-year-old you're talking about? See, that's the dance. I would just be like, Charleston White, I don't give a fuck. How old? Stop all that shit is, nigga. Did you tell on your two co-defendants for the murder of this uh, white guy over the starter jacket in the mall, in the Dallas mall. That's what we want to know. The age, all of that other kind of stuff, we're, at, we're asking you. Charleston, you've, you, you've openly professed to killing a man. When you did this murder and got caught for it, did you tell on the other two guys? That's all we want to know. And if Charleston White comes out and said, yeah, and they got told on the motherfuckers, then okay, we, then we can wrap this up, close it up. You know what I'm saying? Done deal. Done, done. <laughs> Let's wrap it. There's no need to go any further because usually niggas try to lie and wiggle and try to fight and try to do all kind of shit to get out of answering it. If Charleston White just comes out and says, yeah, nigga, I fucking told on him. Okay, now where do we go from here? We can stop doing with this paperwork. We can just move forward amicably. Amicably. <laughs> okay, so. But um, one of the, but another thing that kind of sparked me, I was like, damn, Charleston, when they said that he was calling the parole board and telling them not to let this Doolittle. I think the guy's name is um, Antoine Doolittle. They sent the 
that Charleston is calling and have and telling the parole board not to release him. They're saying that even the family of the slain, the man who Charleston White murdered, this is a white guy. The man who Charleston White murdered, who these three gentlemen murdered, his family even have written the parole board and asked them, let the guys out. <laughs> They've been in jail, what, 20 years now? Let them out. That's enough time. They say Charleston White keeps showing up like, uh-uh, nigga. <laughs> uh-uh, nigga, don't keep them niggas in jail. Keep them niggas in jail. And I'm like, damn. So I said that on my last episode of um, Me Against the World. I was like, yeah, you know, me and Charleston White were two very, very different people. Somebody said that to me when I was talking with them on, um, I think it was in the chat room. I can't remember if it was the chat room or in the live stream. But they were like, man, you're just like Charleston White. You're... And I'm like, well, not really. Me and Charleston White are two totally different people. Um, one, I wouldn't antagonize the gangs as far as dissing their sets. In that terminology, I wouldn't because my beef with them isn't a gang beef. It's a beef that has to do with coming from the black community. So I wouldn't call Crips crabs. I wouldn't call blood slobs. I'm not into dissing them in that terminology because that's not what I'm trying to arrive out of them. I don't want them to be mad at me. I want them to wake up. Now, I think Charleston wants them to be angry with him. You see what I mean? So that's where we're, 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 we kind of differ. I don't have the relationship where I'm like, I want you guys to be mad at me. I want you guys to fucking wake up. And if you remember, I said in a podcast episode that sometimes you got to slap somebody when they're passed out to get them to wake up. And you don't want to hit them. That's not what you want to do. You just want them to wake up. And once they wake up, you'll stop hitting them. Charleston might keep hitting you after you woke up, okay? Okay. <laughs> One of them niggas, you're like, I'm up, nigga, I'm up. And he keeps hitting you. Nigga, no, you're not. No, you're, nigga, I'm up. I'm awake. Me, once I see you're up, I'm done hitting you. Because my purpose is not to hit you because I love you. So that's one of the, I think just as a person, we have, me and Charleston have had two totally different journeys in life, as most people have. But sometimes people have similarities in their journeys. Me and Charleston's journeys is two totally different things. Our one um, sim similarity or one, um, meeting point is agreeing that gang culture must be destroyed. It can be destroyed and turned into something positive, but it must be destroyed. That's where we agree. Other than that, I think there's, there's pretty much no, that's where we sp split off. Where we share the similarities is we both agree that gang violence needs to be destroyed. After that, we're two, we're two totally different people. Like I said on, my, on Me Against the World, I couldn't call the police on a nigga. Not like that. Not to get him put in jail. And I don't, you know, Charleston White's latest videos have been pretty, pretty spicy. I mean, the nigga's in cover. He's in overalls with no shirt on and his hair fucked up. He's dancing and laughing. He's having conversations with females. So I can't quite figure out. I'm like, is this really a... A district attorney, is this really a, you know, a prosecuting attorney or a probation officer or anybody that do with law enforcement? Or is this just some woman that Charleston White is <laughs> playing a role? He says he's an actor. The nigga says he's an actor and he lives out acting shit. I mean, as far as like him beefing with the Flo Malcolm guy and he's beefing with the Atlanta guys who are 
apparently trying to get at him for macing Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy's not going to get at Charleston White, but I guess his Atlanta goons are, and he's been banned from Atlanta by Flo Malcolm and um, a couple other cats. But these dudes really got caught and went to jail. And Charleston White, so let me just kind of walk you guys down this because it gets crazy. But that's one of the things that I really want to say out white. Me and Charleston White are two different people in the same way that Malcolm X and Huey P. Newton are two different people. They both are revolutionaries. They're both fighting white supremacy, but the person and the makeup of the people, they're two different types of people. Malcolm X, after his work, is going to go home to his woman and is really a, you know, a peacemaker, a peaceful kind of guy. He might say some fiery things and he might have a fiery personality and he does have um, a will to fight, but he wants to fight what's harming black people. He doesn't just want to fight, right? So Malcolm X's demeanor might be a little bit different. Bobby, I mean, Huey P. Newton, after a speech, might go smoke some weed, go to a party, go, you know, might have a gun, on, you know what I'm saying? Might get involved in some shit that Malcolm X would never get involved in because they're two different type of people. Where they find their shared interest is we're revolutionaries for the black cause. That's it. You know, we both love our people. We're both not, you know, but after that, we split up into two different people. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking of when I was talking to the brother in the chat room. Like I said, I can't remember if it was the chat room or if it was a live or if it was a live stream. But we were he kept saying, like, yeah, man, you're you're like the up north Charleston White. You're like Charleston White up north. And I'm like, nah, you know, we're just two different people. Um, the things that he does, I don't do. Charleston White, I do I do believe that he shock jocks a lot. I believe he says things, fuck King Von, fuck Nipsey Hustle. He says things to shock people to drive traffic to his channel. And I can't get mad at anybody for doing what they do. Especially somebody that's intelligent to understand what it is that they're doing. If you're, I understand everything that it is that I'm doing and I'm still doing this. But me... I, I'm, I'm not a shock jock. I just say what I feel and sometimes it shocks people. You know, I don't go out to try to stir up and make people upset. I just express myself and sometimes it shocks people because how I articulate it, the way that I say it, the fire that I may put on it, sometimes the comedy I, I find because I'm able to put a comedic twist on certain situations that... um. That makes people uncomfortable. But um, at the end of the day, I don't try to shock anybody. I'm just expressing myself on what I feel to kind of get it off my chest. And what it is is what it turns out to be. Sometimes it can be shocking. Sometimes it can be funny. Sometimes it can be serious. Um, but it's all true and coming from how I really feel. You'll never catch me in person and say, you said this, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was just an act. Or, oh, I just said that to get people to come to my... That's not who I am. That's not anything that I say. I believe one million percent and willing to either do whatever you want to do. I'm willing to do whatever it is that you want to do. If you would like to talk to me about it, you can. we can talk. Um, or if you would like to do something else, we can do it. What's going on, cuz? Look at cuz calling into the motherfucking show. What's happening, man? What's going on? Yeah, buddy, you didn't stepped into the beehive. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yep, you in. You in. Remember in uh remember what was the mafia movie when the bikers came in? He said, nah, you just can't leave. 
<laughs> now you can't leave. <laughs> What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just chilling at the crib. What's up with you? Oh, you know me. I'm sitting here just trying to piss off the world. I'm trying not to piss off the world, actually. I'm trying to just talk, but I end up pissing off the world. Shit, you know, I know that thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just talking about Charles. We just talked. I was just talking about Charleston White. Uh, putting niggas in jail. I was just basically saying how we're two, you know, different type of people that we kind of believe the same thing as far as gang violence needs to stop. But after that, we're kind of two different people. But I was kind of tiptoeing into the whole Aqib Talib situation and all of that shit. So, it's, it's, oh man, it's, it's it's crazy that like that should be the safest places where our children are. Like it's like I I mean I, I'm with you on that gang violence shit. All that shit needs to stop in general. But it's like, damn, you niggas is killing each other where the babies is over over them playing. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy, cuz. That's crazy. Our one Don't sanctuary. Don't make no fucking sense. And Why do you even done. have your strap at the baby game? Right. And how it was done, the fact that a father, a coach, lost his life in front of his son. Like, damn. damn. Like I said, man, I don't. I man, can't coach in. Like, I can't coach in the inner city. I got to stay out in the suburbs with the white and the Indian. In the <laughs> <laughs> Which is fucked up. It shouldn't be like that because you know what I'm saying. Like we that. need you in the inner city. We need niggas like you teaching our young black men how to, you know, discover yourself and all that shit. That shit goes even better when you're teaching in football as well. You know what I mean? Because you learning discipline and all that shit in. As long and you know, along with that stuff. Yeah, that's that's the so and that's the bad this is part. Crazy. Yeah. Is you got the brothers, like, like I said, like a, myself, a, who, who want to get out there and like you said, teach different who see the world differently. But a lot of brothers like myself, we get weary when it comes to that gang shit because there's nothing to protect us. There is no okay, enough is enough or it doesn't happen here. It's almost like if you get killed in some gang shit in our community. It's just, huh? so what? You know, it is no marching. There is no lock the killers up. There is no fight to find out justice. That's the scary part where I believe when we're dealing with black on black murder. It's that part about it. It's the no snitching and we didn't see nothing. And, and it's that part. And that's the real thing that I think yeah. makes it ugly. It's the fact that when it does happen, how we react to it. Like, don't say nothing and... You know, don't give them to the white man. Don't give them to the devil. Wait a second, man. He just gave that boy to the devil. That man, that boy is dead in the ground. And he's going to them or he gave him to the devil or heaven. Why can't we give this motherfucker who killed them to the devil? You know what I'm saying? Fuck it. Yeah, and it's, and it's not like these niggas is organized like the mafia. Like if you do say something, they're going to find you and do all. You know what I mean? Right. Niggas ain't that organized. Takashi is still out this here ain't... fucking doing music. Man, the country is out here getting views, doing everything. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. It's like we need to, if anything, we need to go harder on that than we do on the police. Because, like, one thing I like that you always say is, like, these niggas are scoring points from the other team. And to me, it's like the police have killed. When have the police not killed black people? They've actually slowed down. That's why I get mad. They've slowed down, Ev. <laughs> in my dad's generation and Uncle Skip's generation. Come on, man. That shit was happening was, every day. <laughs> before the body cam? Yeah. Man, like, it's, like, nigga, it's like, nigga, we should be mad about police killing us too. But 
you know, like, it's like they have always done police on police. It's like, what the fuck? That's right. what they was made for in my eyes. Somebody gave a good analogy. They said police killing niggas. They, this was a great analogy, and I'm going to start using it. They said it's like when you have sheep, and it's like, all right, when the wolf come to eat your sheep, you know that wolf come to eat sheep. So we have to have some kind of preparation to keep our sheep safe from the wolf. But we cannot have the guard dogs eating our sheep. We can't, we can't have that. We can't, that can't happen. We can't, can't happen. That guard dog has to, we got to take that guard dog out back. We got to take him out back and finish him because we're relying on you to be the front line. And that's what I feel about the gangs. It's like, okay, the police... Whatever it is that, you know, stops niggas from killing each other, that group can now stop police from doing things and will be taken seriously because you just checked the bloods, yeah. the crips. You just did some real work. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. We're trying to do it the other way. We're trying to, like, have the group that stops police brutality, which is Aldo, Sharpton, and all these niggas that never come to the hood. We're trying to have them stop. Nah, you can't have that. Nah, nigga, you got to have it the other way around. <laughs> you got to have niggas in the hood stand up and have be like, damn, they actually stop bloods and crips and the gang violence. And then when police get killed, them, that same group shows up and it's like, you know, we ain't playing because we just did this with the bloods yeah. and the crips. So what you think? You think we scared of y'all? We sat out here all night with the bloods exactly. and the crips. So yeah, Ev, it's just weird. The craziest part, the one of the craziest parts too is the fucking game was made to protect the neighborhood. And now it's like even the niggas that make you talk to Larry Hoover, he's like that these niggas are retarded. He's you know, Larry Hoover Larry Hoover thinks you niggas are stupid. He thinks all you niggas are retarded. Everybody that created these games, the niggas was looking at you like, what are y'all doing? Exactly. And the reason why they're looking like that is because they recognize that we created something as little infantile boys we didn't get when we created what we created we were 16 17 18 19 no gang members that started gangs were 25 26 27 yeah we weren't even men yet you know what i'm saying so a lot of our rules that we go by are the rules of a 16 17 18 year old inner city black boy who was beat by his father and mom had to work two jobs we we don't need to yeah. pass that philosophy on and on and on. Can I ask a question? Why did that philosophy get passed on? But we missed Black Wall Street. We missed how to build airports. We missed the good shit that we had, that good stretch. And we was like, damn, we was on top of our shit. We can't seem to do that. You got niggas who can't stop the fucking um, fire alarm from going off. Every time I'm yeah, doing the live stream, I hear beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. I'm like, you niggas can't even God damn, we can't do anything anymore as black people. But look at the switch though. Like I said, Ev, look at how much we're so focused on gang culture and how much we can't even do anything that our ancestors wanted us to do. You know I mean? And it was harder for them, Monk. Think about when they made Black Wall Street, nigga. They didn't have they had nothing. They couldn't do nothing. And they but had they real did. racism. They made it happen. Exactly. They had, they like literally had way less freedom than we do right now. And we still, we ain't done nothing. We ain't put, we ain't tried to build that back yet. How we ain't tried to build that back yet. We got too much freedom. 
That's how we to rebuild Black Wall Street. We might need a little bit of slavery. We might need to get a little bit back to slavery. I think slavery might be. We got a little bit. You know when you let your kids run a little, little bit too loose. I need to let you run a little <laughs> bit too loose. Niggas might need to get back on the plantation just to remember what the fuck our ancestors ran from. You know what I'm saying? Because we didn't got free. <laughs> we just different niggas now. <laughs> and we still cry about yeah, that shit. We still cry about the racism that our ancestors went through, but we don't go through none of that shit. Most of our friends are white. We hope to get in white establishments. We can't wait to get on white teams. We can't wait to get in white buildings. But we want to sit around and cry about our ancestors who couldn't get into these places. You know what I'm saying? And now we in them, and we want to still cry. <laughs> and we have more. And we have more to build our own shit than they ever did. And they was already trying to build their own shit. Mm, yes. And we got more ways and more access to everything to build our own shit. Can you we imagine? Have so much more. Can you imagine if Benjamin Banneker could have? a hedge fund or a shell corporation or NFTs. Could you imagine if our ancestors, if they're like, yeah, you can have your own NFT if you want that invention that you made, the cotton gin, go ahead and trademark it. That's yours. They'd be like, what? This is mine. Yeah. I don't have to give this to massa for my freedom. No, it's yours. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Man, it's crazy. It's a, it's a mindset thing too, which is the worst part. Yeah. It's like when they show you the sheep that won't walk out the bed, it's one fucking uh, gate post, whole field is open. All the sheep could leave if they wanted to, but that little door is there and they think they closed in there. Or the elephant that got the little post in the in the ground and he think he can't just pull that little fucking rope and rip that shit out with just by sneezing on accident he rip it out, but you know, he think he's stuck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's backwards. It's fucked up. But yeah, so did you hear about that? The Akeem Talib's brother killing the the brother at the football, the dad at the football game in Texas. Yeah, man, I heard a little bit about it. It's 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 pretty fucked up. I don't uh, know how you even get into like why over a fucking game word. Well, you know he was betting that the Akeem Talib's brother was betting. He was gambling on the games. So mm. and the nigga like waved the pistol. And at the referee in the game before, so the nigga has a history of this. This isn't one. This this wasn't an incident where it's like oh tensions flared and it got out of control. No, this nigga kept doing this, and this is finally the end result. Akeem Talib's brother is a goddamn terrorist. I'm gonna say what it is. That nigga should be on the terrorist yeah. list with Bin Laden. <laughs> yeah, just for I that know. name, for having a Muslim name like that. Like fuck, you doing with a Muslim name so volatile? If you have a Muslim name in America, I think you should be gentle. If you have a Muslim name in America, yeah. you should have. You should be gentle. You should. I should be able to be on a plane with you. Akeem Talib, this nigga. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, man. That's that's. It's fucking insane that that that's even a thing. That's not a fucking Onion article or something. Right. That's crazy. And you know how our it be in our in our. In our cities, you know what I'm saying? When the shit go, and that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about is that you would think, for me, watching games in the inner city, I'm like, this. you would think this shit happens a lot more often because there's nothing to safeguard it, right? Like, there's no, there, there, there is no aura where you got parents grabbing, saying, nah, man, chill. Nah, man, chill. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. Where it's like something to protect it. When, when it goes up, everybody starts going up and it starts turning into this gang frenzy mentality where I'm like, damn, fam, where are the elders to step up and say, hey, brother, relax, calm down, separate these brothers. 
You know what I mean? I'm not talking about that incident. Mm-hmm. That incident looked like it just got out of hand pretty fast. But I'm just talking about in general. When I, you know when you know what it's like when you're in the hood and football games at Potterhorn and football games at North Commons in the yeah. hood. When shit gets high, you don't really see that elder step up and say, everybody, relax. We're here for the kids. You know what I'm saying? We're here for the kids. It's like, nigga, it just goes up. And yeah. next thing you know, niggas is fighting. And you're like, yeah, we got into it at the game. And it's like, we... To me, Ev, I just really believe that criminality has been too closely connected to our culture. I believe that that's, that's the problem. We think that we can't be black and beautiful. We can't be black and respectable. We can't be black and elegant. We can't be black and upstanding. We can't be black and righteous. No, if you're a, black, you have to be poor and criminal. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a fact. They even got, they even got, I was on Twitter the other day. They even got people thinking that professional means white. And I'm like, guys, mm. just because white grades aren't professional does not mean that we can think that we don't have to think that those are professional, that black people aren't professional. You know what I mean? It's like, just because white people deem certain hairstyles or certain things unprofessional doesn't mean that black people can't be professional. Or like, doesn't mean that like, you know, or like if someone uses good vocabulary that, that they're not black or they talk white or they, you know, it's, right. just a, it's a lot of things like that too. And just like, and like you always talk about too, like the music is a big thing too. Like 90% of these niggas ain't even real street niggas. And they rap about street shit and they uphold this, this bullshit. And they ain't never shot nobody. Lil Wayne got years of uh, drug dealing and killing nigga music, but he got, he was rich since he'd been eight. Nigga, nigga Birdman found this nigga as a child. When, when was he selling all this crack and killing all these people? Right, right. N- Nicki Minaj, her new song, she's talking about looking at the ops and catching the ops slipping. When? When have you caught if the ops slacking? Talking about run up on the ops. Do we like, have a problem? Get the fuck out of here, Nikki. When did you do that? It's, and it's like, why? Why you want people listening? Why you want people like upholding that? Like, I don't know. It's just like, why you even want somebody in that mindset? It's crazy. Or even it's just oh, there's so much shit, Monk. It's honestly insane the way we we have kind of devolved our like thinking almost. Yeah, we've we fallen far. We've fallen very very far. That's why I say I'm trying to just do my piece. And slap people and wake them up. You know what I mean? That's all I believe. I believe that black people have passed out. And I'm just a, hey, 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 hey. You know what I'm saying? And then niggas, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Oh, shit, what was we doing? You was gangbanging, nigga, and Bloods and Crips and fucking 504 and, and drill music. Oh, shit, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's get back to building it. Okay, shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, damn, nigga, if you guys want to be in a gang so bad and shoot people, let's all be in the same gang and shoot the police that's shooting the kids, nigga, that's shooting, that's shooting other black people. If you want to be in a gang and shoot people so bad, <laughs> be in a gang, then, nigga, let's all be in one gang. Go shoot George Zimmerman in there. Exactly. Damn. <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, get us some real gang shit and go get somebody we'd applause that you get. Like, can't we cheer when the gangs do a killing? Don't you want to cheer one day, Ev? Like, cheer, like, yay, they got yeah, George like, Zimmerman, yay! You know what I'm saying? Like, like they finally got this. <laughs> yay! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck. Like, get some buckets for us, you know what I mean? Get, you score, like, you, I love that analogy you always say. It's like, they're scoring, on, they're scoring baskets for the wrong team. Yes, Ev. that's a good one. I, I like that you like that one because I like that one too. I, I like that analogy too because it makes perfect sense. Look, man, we're in competition, man. 
But we all that kumbaya, we can love each other. Hey, look, everybody's in playing a basketball game. You know what I mean? And they're gonna try to score on us. We gotta try to score on them. Why the fuck are we not trying to score on them anymore? Why are we integrating and now talking about what what we're gonna do? We're gonna score on our basket for them? Nah, nigga. We're <laughs> scoring on y'all basket. You keep trying to score on us. We're gonna defend. We're gonna stop you from scoring on our basket. We're not gonna ask you to stop scoring exactly. on our basket. We're going to actually put Matumbo and Shaq you. under there. Now try to score. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, we got to stop trying to ask, like, please stop killing. It's like, no, nigga. We got to get together and tell them. We're not going to get together and, you know, march and get the streets painted. And like, like that's fucking doing some shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and another thing, like you were saying, like you want to be kumbaya and integrate, like, you know, yeah, like we need to stop that too. Cause at the end of the day, we need to go back to like what Malcolm was talking about. We can't, we can't be cool with other people until we're cool with ourselves. We can't go and build other shit until we build ourselves. We can't ask y'all to stop killing us until we stop killing ourselves. It's like, we, we gotta, we gotta come together and put some shit together for us. And that's beautiful that you said that Ed, because. Yep, that's 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 hard that you said that because that's what I'm trying to tell niggas as far as gang life. I'm like, look, I'm I'm in an interracial relationship. My wife is white. That's like a gang nigga who, you know, is 40 years old and lived the gang lifestyle. But I'm smart enough to be in a, on a place and I could never preach that. Yes, everybody needs to do what I do. That's not the best thing for my race. That's the best thing for me. And that's where my journey has led me to. But I can't say if, if, if black people want to do something as a race, we need black men and black women uh, intermarrying. Now, I can't mm-hmm. come out here saying, no, it's okay. Now, why would you say that, Simba? Just because that's your life, you're going to start preaching this, knowing that what we need the, our communities to do is have strong black men and strong black women working together. You with your white wife, that's cool. And that's beautiful that you found that. And I'm glad that you're happy, Simba, with your life and you have all the right to be happy. But when you speak, I would prefer that you spoke about black men and black women being together because that would help us in the future. That's what I feel about gang exactly. niggas that get mad at me when they're like, nigga, what you mean? Um, I, I didn't have no, tr- I'm not talking about you, fam, but I'm just saying, don't you think you as a gang member should say, okay, my life is my life. But I can't get out here and promote gang criminality anymore. I have to say that ain't cool. That's all I'm asking the gang niggas who are still around to do. I'm not asking them to say, oh, you gangbang, throw you away. Or, oh, you gangbang. No, I'm saying, nigga, if you gangbang, nigga, it's time for you to say, okay, that was my personal journey. But if you're asking me what do I think about gang violence, that shit needs to stop. If you're asking me what do I think about gang shit, it's stupid. It's dumb. That's what I expect gang niggas to do. That's all. Instead of saying, nigga, nigga, we, we bang, nigga, we kill each other because we around each other. And nigga, I ain't never going to stop, nigga. This is just, see, that, 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 that's how we're going to die. We're going to die like that. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. like Simba saying, everybody get a, yeah, everybody hold hands. And no, Simba, then we're not going to have any black anymore. Everybody's going to be gray. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I hate that rationale too. Like, they always try and like say like, oh, we kill who are around. It's like, okay, show me an Asian neighborhood. <laughs> they, they get down like that. Right. Show me, show me a, a white neighborhood where they be killing each other like they do in some of these neighborhoods. Like, stop it. And something won't There's happen. Obviously, a problem. 
That's the thing. See, we protest when police kill us and we're quiet when we kill each other. In white neighborhoods, if some white group was to get in a fight with another white group, they would protest that. They would have a meeting about that. They would have a city council meeting. They would have Care 11 9 there. What the fuck happened with this shit that's going on and it needs to stop? Or these people need to get out of our community. That's what the, one of the two. Yeah, you guys need to stop. <laughs> you goddamn right, Ev. You know we know what we're talking about. You guys need to stop <laughs> or get the fuck out of this community and go take that shit over north. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's what we need to say. Man. Yeah, man. Hey, we can't tell you what to do, but you can't do it here. Our kids want to play. Our old folks want to walk around. They live their life. Why can't Ev, that shit right now, out where I live, old folks at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock at night walking around happy just talking to each other i'm like you would nigga old folks can't even nigga please i'm like why can't that happen in our hood why can't they feel that safeness like everything is okay and if any anybody violates my happiness or my safety the neighborhood will turn against that person in our community it's like the person can punk the neighborhood and the community goes quiet until police kill Then the community all wants to come outside. And it's like, nigga, I know the police are like, that's probably why the police are like, y'all some hypocrites. When little Jerome, we just came over here yesterday and we asked everybody out here, did you guys see who killed Jerome? And you got, no, fuck the police, fuck the police. I'm I'm asking for Jerome's mom. I'm not, it's not my kid laying in the street. My kids that don't play in Fortnite. I'm asking about whose kid this is (laughs) lying in the street. Do you guys want justice for him? No, nah, nigga, I ain't no snitch, nigga. We don't talk. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> On about our day. That's another thing, too. Niggas don't know what snitching is. It's not snitching. If somebody in your neighborhood gets kicked, like, if you don't have anything to do, snitching is when you go you go with somebody else and y'all go and do something and you get caught, the other nigga gets away, and you tell them where that nigga is. That's what snitching is. Snitching ain't if you ain't going out and you see a little kid get shot outside your house, and you tell them that some grown-ass man killed a little baby outside your house, that is not snitching. You are a civilian. Thank you. What the fuck are you guys talking about? And ain't that crazy? <laughs> That's crazy, Ev, that you have to break that down for people. That they, Some niggas like, huh? Yeah, niggas snitching is if we're in crimes <laughs> together, and I tell on you to cut my crime. Nigga, if I'm minding my business, and you kill somebody in front of me, one... That's not snitching. I'm just doing my job as like Ev said. I'm just a civilian too. Who the fuck taught you how to kill where you're killing in front of everybody like this? Nobody scheduled you on how to kill properly. You never seen the mafia guys, how they catch them going to their car in the morning. Nobody, you know what I'm saying? You just see the nigga dead right there. (laughs) Got who we tried to get. It's crazy. Snitching is when when they bring you is when they bring you an Oreo shake after you tell them something, nigga. They don't give you an Oreo shake after you tell them something. They didn't give you the bag of chips in the, in the full meal, nigga. What you talking about? That's when the snitch. When you see a nigga eating McDonald's coming out the question interrogation room. <laughs> Man, I'm done fucking with you, Ev. That nigga said it's not snitching if the nigga didn't get an Oreo blizzard, nigga. I don't give a fuck what time was Ev said. I my cousin Ev said I don't give a fuck how much time was given. I don't give a fuck what product was caught. If the nigga telling didn't get an Oreo Blizzard, nigga, or a McDonald's something that ain't telling, nigga. You, how you come out the interrogation room on an empty stomach? You didn't tell. 
Nigga. <laughs> that nigga's silly, boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, Ev, yeah, it's, it's getting out of hand. That's why I said I had to get, I was like, fuck it, man, I'm done. I can't fuck around in the streets. I got to stay far away from streets. Just give my opinions from afar because shit's getting crazy, Ev. Yeah, it's a wild place. Man, I appreciate you calling in, man. You still in NY? Yeah, yes, sir. Okay. Headed to the hello he- headed to the Philippines though, right? Yes, sir. I'm uh, I'm coming back to Minnesota in December. I'm probably gonna stay there for like a month or two and then I'm then I'm out to this ghetto country. Okay. Good, good. <laughs> make sure you touch down with make sure you link up with me when you come because I wanna sit down and get you on me against the world, man. Sit get a uh a nice episode of us chopping it up, talking shit like we do. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. All right, cuz. Thanks for calling into the yeah. show, man. I appreciate you, man. Love. Love. Peace. Peace. Hey, see, that's my cousin, man. My cousin calls into the show. Motherfuckers. See, a lot of people like, man, you be talking about your family. I'm not talking about the ones that support me, but I know I got to start. I'm giving more light. I'm giving more light every day to the family members like my cousin right there. Little Ev called into the show just to fuck with his cousin and say, nigga, you got the best podcast. Why the fuck wouldn't I call in and fuck with you, man? And crack some jokes, man. Niggas going to be laughing at that shit, ain't they? <laughs> my cousin said, nigga, that's a new rule. My cousin just fucking made a street rule, nigga. If a nigga comes out of the interrogation room on an empty stomach, I don't give a fuck what he said. I don't care what he did. I don't care how much time the nigga got. He didn't tell. Only way you can tell is if an Oreo blizzard comes after or a McDonald's meal. Nigga, that's just how it's going to go down. <laughs> oh, I love this shit. But yeah, man, fucking Aqib Tlaib's crazy ass brother, Yakub Tlaib. Nigga, this nigga, man. Fuck is wrong with this nigga? tripping killing kids and shit and you know the funny thing is that whenever we kill each other that that's when you know niggas is stupid ask a nigga any question in the world and they think that they have the answer niggas will tell you about planet nibiru yeah there's a planet that comes around every third niggas know about every single thing in the book don't they niggas know about rich dad poor dad how to invest in stocks niggas know everything about anything ask a nigga if you want to know something ask a nigga he'll know about everything except saying Hey, how do we stop black on black murder? Um, 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 well, see what you got to do is, um, I thought you just, you just knew everything about everything, but you can't tell me how to stop black on black murder, huh? And that's every black person. Do it one time. I'd love to do it. It's a game. It's a game I play with black people when they start talking like they know stuff about black shit. Wait a minute, but how the, just interrupt them. Excuse me. How do we stop black on black murder since you know so fucking much? Um, well, that's a hard thing. Um, people have been killing people since the, you get a whole bunch of bullshit. You, what you will not get is a clear and concise answer. This is how, because I'll tell you, how do we stop anything that we want? That's see, this is the, the people I'm starting to realize I'm not smart. I'm not the smartest motherfucker. I'm just, I don't know what I am, man. I don't know what the fuck I am, but that don't ask me how you stop black on black murder. How do you stop anything that you want? Anything that you want to stop, how do you stop it? Do you wish it away? Do you wonder it away? Do you hope it away? Do you pray it away? You might pray it away. Some people pray shit away. I'm asking, how do you stop anything that you want to stop? First of all, you have to recognize it. That's one thing, right? First of all, you have to say, hey, I want that to stop. The next step is confronting whatever that is, however it has to be, with words, 
Hey, stop. Cease. El Halto. Silencio. El Chapo Stapo. Whatever the fuck words. Stop it. So you can try that. But another thing to confront it would be physical. Block with your hands. But recognizing and confronting are the first two steps to stopping anything. Anything. You cannot stop anything. You can't stop a punch coming at you if you don't recognize it and then confront it. Confronting may be moving your head back, but you have to confront. You have to do something to engage what you want to stop. So when somebody says, how do we stop black on black murder? Well, recognizing one confrontation two, and then addressing it. It, it, that's how we do everything else when police kill us we don't pray when police we used to that's why they kept killing us at such a high rate (laughs) that's why the real police murders didn't really stop to like the 80s the 90s it started to slow down prior to then nigga police was a problem they was really like my dad's generation yeah them niggas really got picked off by police every day just by the spook hunters i'm talking about in the 80s and shit come on that's just because addressing it and, and we weren't even really addressing it to stop it. It really had turned into a political issue. By the time black people started addressing police brutality in the inner cities, it had turned into a political uh, tool. It wasn't something that was really, as you can see, it, from the 80s to now, it's the same policing. It wasn't that bad. When I grew up, police were assholes, but it wasn't like I walked out my front door thinking that the police officer was going to grab me and hang me, on, hang me up against the tree. I didn't grow up in those times, okay? I grew up in times of bloods and crips. I am a knight, mayor walking, psychopath talking, king of my jungle, just a gangster stalking. That wasn't a that wasn't a police officer. That was Ice T. Okay, so I grew up where niggas was our fucking. I grew up in the first generation of niggas being niggas' worst enemy. I'm the first generation of that. I'm the first generation of niggas being niggas' first worst enemy. That's why everybody that's older than me they don't understand it. My uncles don't get it. My grandma doesn't understand it. My mom sees it, but she, her generation doesn't understand it. Um, people don't understand it. And then you got people that come from my generation and younger. If you're from my generation, born in the 80s and then younger, we have been hit over the head with all kind of bullshit explanations to why the hood is the way it is through hip hop. That's what hip hop did. God damn it, Tupac. I'm looking at you right now on my wall. Tupac, motherfucker. All the rappers, hip hop basically placated and gave a whole generation, my generation, a bunch of sayings, excuses, and fucking thoughts about why the hood is why it is rather than recognizing and confronting the realities of the issue. White flight, white flight. That's what we got to blame shit on white flight. You got the hood, you got hip hop. I'm not a, I'm a product of my environment. See all this shit. Black people never, ever believed we were products of our environment. We've always believed our product is our environment is a product of us. But we start saying these fucking TV slogans and these pimp slogans and these black exploitation infused fucking ideas started to bleed through hip hop into the psyche of my generation and the generations to come. So now you got us saying things and giving excuses and we don't even know what the fuck. Yeah, because, you know, they, 
we've been so suppressed for so many years. When and when you see a nigga putting his hand on his head, when you see a nigga start to grab his head and start to say, yeah, the black man, man, we've been suppressed for so many years. And you hear a black nigga born in the 80s. <clears throat> You're born in the 80s. Color televisions, nigga. Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, hip hop, fucking pro kids, Zubas, wrestling. Nigga, you're born in the 80s and your hands are on your head and you're talking from the perspective of a nigga born in the 60s, in the 50s, in the early 1900s even sometimes. You got niggas that's born in the 80s, my generation niggas, that sitting there with their hands on their head talking about racism. Oh, man, all of the trichnology and all of the fucking, the white man didn't put so much and he didn't, shut up, nigga. You haven't experienced any of that. That's not why the neighborhoods that you grew up in look the way that you look. You got to be fucking kidding me. How many millionaires came out of Compton? How in the fuck does Compton still look like that? How does Compton, one of the first businesses on uh, west coast of the Mississippi, one of the, not businesses, I'm sorry. How does Compton, one of the first thriving black neighborhoods west of the Mississippi, that's what I meant to say. How do you not have thriving businesses all through Compton? How many people came from Compton? Dre is a billionaire. That's one right there. Ice Cube. How many people have come from Compton? How many athletes? You guys aren't building businesses back? And you're going to blame white flight that happened in the 70s on that? You're going to blame why the Compton doesn't have any black thriving businesses. And I don't mean to say any. It should be full. The same way that if you go to Koreatown, <clears throat> it's full of Asian businesses. The same way that if you go to Le Barrio on the east side, the East Side owns in Le Barrio. You go to Le Barrio, it's all Latino and brown businesses. When you go to Compton, you shouldn't see nothing but black businesses. Why don't you with all the millionaires that came out of there? These are the questions you guys got to ask. I'm, you know, what, what is it that we're doing as far as this current generation? Never mind the white flight. The white flight happened in the 70s, fam, in late 60s, early 70s. Why right now do our communities still reflect it the way that they did in the 80s? We're producing rappers. We're, we're seeing all the success, basketball players, rappers, Oprah Winfrey, network shows, owners and liquor companies and moguls. And after mogul, after mogul, after mogul, after why are we not redeveloping in one hood? We should just pick a hood. So you, 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 you can't talk to me when you're talking to me. You can't tell me back to black on black murder. You can't talk to a people who are stuck in a mind frame of looking for excuses. That's my generation. My generation are wrapped up in the excuses of a time we didn't experience. And then you got a generation who's still alive. My grandmas, my aunts, my uncles who don't understand the new world. They didn't grow up where black people were their enemy. They grew up where white people were the enemy. So for a generation, my generation who grew up where black people are the enemy, not all black people, but a certain group of black people have a rose and they've using criminality and gang culture to identify themselves as enemies of the black community. They're clearly enemies of the black community. They're not enemies of the white community. Bloods, Crips, GDs, BDs. Um, in the suburbs, they're not like, oh, my God, these guys are standing on our corners. We can't go outside <laughs> in the suburbs. They're not like, oh, my God, that bullet almost hit my son or that bullet did hit my son. In the suburbs, they're not saying, 
oh, my son is being recruited into these gangs and he was a football player, but then he ended up being a blood and now he got killed or he ended up killing somebody. That's not the problem that's going off in the suburb area, suburban area. That's going off in the inner city problems. That's mothers that are crying. So it, it puzzles me when I see people get mad at me for the things when I go at gangs hard, especially black people, because I'm like, wait a second. You can't be two things. Are you a gang member or are you black? And when you have a situation like Yakub Talib or Akib Talib's brother, when you have a situation where a psychopathic serial killing, delinquent, thug, murdering, savage motherfucker like Yakub Talib takes the life of an innocent black man who's just trying to coach and be an example and be a good father, he takes his life. And then you have somebody like me talk venomously towards him. I don't give up, say things like, I don't give a fuck if he gets the death penalty. I don't give a fuck if he gets the electric chair and they bring him back to life and give him lethal injection. The, you'll have gang niggas talking about, nigga, how you gonna be talking like that? And that, just that right there. Just the fact that gang niggas get mad when I speak the way that I do instead of saying, hey man, when gangs fuck up, let people like Simba Ali call them to the table. Now, if Simba Ali is out here fucking with them and he don't need to be fucking with them, then we're going to get upset. And that's why I decided to pull back. Like even as when, you know, a lot of these rappers pop smoke and a lot of these rappers have gang ties and their beefs go back to gang shit. So I was like, you know what? As much as it hurts me, I got to pull back on talking about when rappers get killed and when gang niggas get killed. Hey, that's the devil getting the devil. I can't interfere in that. But I will always speak up when gang culture or the demons or the steppers rise up and take an innocent black man who's not involved in that life. I don't live my life as a, I'm trying to be something. I want to be something good. And when a gang nigga rises up and fucks with him, I'm going to speak up. And what, I, what I'm tending to find out is that the gang segment, the gang segment, doesn't like that. They can't even be man enough and say, yeah, like when your kid fucks up and you got to spank them. And, you know, sometimes grandma doesn't want you to get spanked. But when you fuck up bad enough, grandma says, go ahead. You got to whoop his ass. You got to go and whoop him. Right. Go and beat his ass. And that's what I'm doing. I'm chastising the gang communities, not from a gang perspective. I'm not like I said, I'm not disrespecting the Crips, calling them disrespectful words or the Bloods, calling them disrespectful words. I'm saying as a member of the black community and as a black person in general, I'm disappointed and upset at the actions that your culture continues to perpetuate. That's what I'm saying. This isn't about a gang and and this isn't about clickbaits on the internet and all oh, this nigga's trying to get views dissing us. He's trying to use us to get views. That's not what Simba Ali does. Simba Ali gets very frustrated when the life of an innocent black person gets cut down. Anyway, police officer, when Philando Castile got killed, nobody was more venomous than me. Like I said, even when George Floyd originally got killed, I was out there because that's my natural reaction. I don't want any innocent black man losing his life to an evil demonic force. I'm always going to stand up for that. Even if it's black. People don't like that. They like you to stay silent when shit like this happens. And now it seems that like Lancaster, <clears throat> the Lancaster Police Department 
is kind of trying to push this murder under the rug. Um, just because it was some black shit, like if some white kids had got killed in Texas and Dallas, if some white kids got killed in Dallas or Waco and it was a black coach on some gang shit, trust me, if, if, if this was out in Dallas, Texas or Waco, Texas or some, or what's another white part of Texas Viter, Thank you to the people who came into the chat room. Somebody just came into the chat room. I don't even know if Viter is a place is Viter, Texas, a place. They just said Viter, 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 Viter. They said one of them places and let it be a white setting and let this black coach come in and lose. And then the black coach kicks the ball and the white head coach tries to check him and say, you know, like a man does motherfucker. Let's what's up What you kicking the ball for. And let that black coach five gang friends come in and then a gun is drawn. And then the white coach loses his life in front of his little white son. You guys, I see. How I just pictured. I just painted that picture. Imagine that happening. Imagine that. Imagine this gang nigga kills a blonde-headed white guy in front of his blonde-haired, blue-eyed son. Inviter, we're gonna go Viter. We're gonna Inviter, Texas. Do you think that police officers would be sweeping it under the rug? They would be hanging Hakeem Talib's black nigger ass by the goddamn neck. Yeah, his brother. They would just kill him in an alley. Yeah, Yakub Talib. Why does that name Yakub not feel good? He, oh, Yakub was the big head scientist, wasn't he? Wasn't Yakub the scientist in the Message to the Black Man? Did you guys read Message to the Black Man? I did. One, it's a great book by Elijah Muhammad. Message to the Black Man. But yeah, Yakub was the big head scientist who created white people. Anyway, they would have the police officers in Texas would have fucking killed Yakub in an alley. But you know who would have did time? Akib Tlaib, because you're an NFL star. And we want to make an example out of you. But because the, it's just a black nigger family. It's a, you know how niggers are. They kill each other. It's just natural. We'll sweep it under the rug. We don't want to keep to get any. We don't need any blemishes on the hell. Just let's just sweep this under the rug. And that's what happens. Now, if the black community was outraged, like I said, whatever entity stands up for righteousness, that can be used in any situation. So now if we had a real institution, not Black Lives Matter. <laughs> It sucks, doesn't it? I, 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 it sucks, doesn't it? When you depend on Black Lives Matter as the, that's the, the superhero, right? Because shit happens in the hood. Like when this shit happened in Lancaster, Texas, I know that the family was like, "Damn, we wish we had a superhero knock on our door and say, you know, this is what we do. This is what we do. We're gonna get the news people here. We're gonna get cameras here. We got Ben Crump's brother, uh, John, uh, Crump." <laughs> You know what I'm saying? The righteous one. We're going to get everything popping here so this murder does not get let go. Just imagine if Black Lives Matter wasn't that entity. If it was a real, true black organization that cared, that had ties to um, grassroots organizations in black communities, black people that lived in black communities. Just imagine if we had grassroots organizations that had nothing to do with white liberal Democrats. Nothing. It was all financed, controlled, and ran by the people in the community. FUBU, for us, by us. So when this situation happened at Lancaster, somebody knock on that door. How you doing? We here. Let's go. They're not going to sweep this under the rug. Akeem's going to jail. Yakub's going to jail. And everybody else who was out there that has something to do with it is going to fucking jail. That's that's just my thoughts. But So anyway, yeah, um, shout out. Like I said, this has been a nice little live podcast. My cousin called in. Um... 
And that's one of my uh, that's one of my cousins that's like super dear to my heart because he's always supported everything that I've done for music. He was my biggest fan in music, like a genuine fan. Like, you know, you got those people that are like, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope everything works out for you. No. Um, my cousin Ev was like a genuine fan, like always thought I was the best. Like, man, you can't nobody. You can even hear when you hear him speak. He's like, cuz how you say, you see what I'm saying for him to say, cuz how you say that means he's listening to what it is that I'm saying. See what I'm saying? That's why I love, see, that's my cousin that I love that is just, it's, it's, I don't know how, I don't know how to explain it, man. It's that love that I'm trying to get other people in my family to understand that I don't have for them. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get them to understand. The love that I have for my cousin Ev is the love I do not have for you because it's not genuine. It ain't real. It ain't, you know what I mean? My cousin doesn't fake it, nigga. Now, does he agree with everything I say sometimes? Nah, cousin be like, oh, cousin, I don't agree with that. Fuck you say that. I don't agree with that shit, cuz. But for the most part, you batting, you know what I'm saying? You batting about 80%, cuz. So that one slipped through. I didn't feel that one. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to like that one. But the next one you say, you'll probably be right back. That's how my cousin have plays. Everything I say a nigga don't agree with. But like he says, my cousin bats about 80%. Nigga, you know what I'm saying? He's about 80% from that free throw line. About 90% from the free throw line. Nigga, he's reliable. You know what I mean? So, shout out to Ev. Um, out in New York, living his life, doing his thing. About to head to the Philippines and make his first child. <laughs> that nigga's about to head to the Philippines and make his first child. Okay, let's be real. You're going to the Philippines, big, tall. And he's a big, tall motherfucker, too, big, tall. And he's a nigga, though. Like, if you looked at my cousin, you would think he's white. If you if you seen my cousin, you would be like, oh, that's a white dude. Until that nigga opens his mouth. When that nigga says, yo, what's up, nigga? What's going on, nigga? Where did he blow? Shit, nigga, who was, what nigga did you swallow a nigga? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nigga, did you eat a nigga? Because that shit, wait, who is you? Wait a second, nigga, nigga, nigga. My dad is black and my mom is black. Nigga. This is Ev. Nigga, my dad was black and my mom was white and she was blacker than my dad. Okay? <laughs> Ev, Ev comes from some real shit, nigga. Ev comes from some, some shit now. Shit, some shit. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to my cousin Ev, man. Thanks for calling into the show, man. Um, yeah, I hope every, I want more people to call and engage. It's just more fun. But um, let's get past this. But I just wanted to touch on this. Yeah, Charleston White. Charleston's in, man, I don't know Charleston, man. And I'm glad I kind of kept my distance a little bit. People are like, why don't you, you should, a lot of my friends, but see, a lot of my friends are from Minnesota. So they only know the art of dick riding. And it's okay, that's fine, you know, but them being from Minnesota, they only know the art of dick riding. That's all they know. They don't know the art of creation. They don't know the art of innovation. All they know is find something that's hot and try to suck his dick and just dick ride and keep pulling out chairs till one day he'll notice you and pat you on the head. That's how Minnesota does. That's why we don't have any artists here. We don't have any artists here. Our biggest artist is, what's the little nigga's name? Little James? And he don't even have like music that's like killing the charts. It's just because he's close to Floyd. That's why he's the biggest because he, he gets to rub on the biggest balls, the most richest balls. Lil James's ain't big here because the niggas, come on guys, let's, let's be real, this is Simbali, I'm sure the little nigga has great music, but this was, is that the guy that I'm talking about, Lil James, Lil James, he's not one of the biggest Minnesota rappers because he's putting out hit after hit, and every time I turn on the radio, I hear Lil James with fucking uh, Lil Durk, or I hear Lil James with Chris Brown, or I hear Lil James with, nah nigga, 
That nigga's the biggest Minnesota rapper because he's close to Floyd Mayweather and Floyd Mayweather can get money and Lil James can pull it out of a bag and make it seem like it's his money. He can make his, he can let Floyd's riches feel like his riches for all the bitches. Okay. That's why, that's why Lil James is the biggest rapper in Minnesota. He's the biggest. Lil James is the biggest rapper in Minnesota. All you other, listen, I'm telling you guys the truth. You guys can get mad. You can get sad or you can fucking Scratch your ass and get glad. But either way, Little James is the biggest fucking rapper in Minnesota. All you niggas out here rapping need to hang it up. It's Lil James. He's the biggest. He's the most important. He's the hottest. He's the most important. And I don't even know what song the nigga has. I don't know what song he has. I don't know what record he has, but he's the hottest. Why? One thing I do know is he's signed to TMT. Signed. Now, I don't even think TMT is a real label. It's, it's not a real entity. I don't know if TMT, I have to look into that. Is TMT a real actual label? Is that just two, three letters that Floyd Mayweather just keeps throwing in front of motherfuckers? But either way, Minnesota is such a dick riding state that we like, oh, Lil James gets to fucking see Floyd. He's the greatest. He's the greatest. So all the door, everybody can't with Lil James comes men. And the first thing they want to ask him was what? What do they want to ask Lil James when he comes in? They say, man, that song with you and Chris Brown is killing the charts right now. Is that what they say? Hey, man, I know you got an album coming out, man, fucking produced by fucking Kanye West. This shit's... Do they say that? No, they don't say none of this shit. Hey, man, so Floyd, did you, did you get to see Floyd today before you came? Man, you're with Floyd, man. It's big shit being with Floyd, man. Yeah, man, Floyd. Man, did you see Floyd's balls? Does Floyd have hairy balls or does he have smooth, like, babies? Floyd's balls. I mean, nobody gets as close to Floyd's balls as you do. Are they furry balls? Are they? I'm just trying to ask. I'm, I'm, I'm in the business of rubbing balls. Okay. <laughs> Get my live on Lake Street on. That's the live on Lake Street. The niggas is some ball rubbers over on live on Lake Street. That's why I say I can't do it, fam. I can't do it. People. That's why I had to pull out of the interviews and shit. That's just I'm like Joe Button. You guys seen Joe Button when he? tried to interview with the Migos. He was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't. So when the niggas asked me, hey, did you see this guy's interview? Did you see? I said, I don't watch men from Minnesota interview. I don't watch any interviews from men from Minnesota because I don't watch gay porn. I can't almost watch any interviews, period. I don't like watching two guys sit down and talk because it's gay porn. You don't see challenging and to, nah, it's gay porn, man. I can't watch it, man. I can't do it. That's gay porn, man, two guys. Hey, man, did you see Jay-Z's interview with Kevin Hart? Gay porn. I can't watch gay, nigga. It's not like Kevin Hart's going to challenge and go back and it's going to be some, because that's when real fruit falls from the tree, when you shake the tree. You got to shake that fucking tree, and that's when the fruit falls and motherfuckers can eat. These niggas don't want to shake the tree. Yeah, Jay-Z, you're the greatest. Man, what made you so great, man? The same thing made you so funny, man. Same thing, that, man, we just positive energy, man. We just going positive energy and mental health, man. And positive, man, get the fuck out of here, B. Get the fuck out. I can't like Joe Bunsen. I can't, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I don't watch nigga. It's tough. It's tough. I'd rather listen to a nigga talk and give me his thoughts. That's probably why I like Charleston White. People, Charleston White, that's my comic relief, motherfucker. That's it. If, if it wasn't for Charleston White, I wouldn't laugh. Not from real, you know what I mean? Like real shit. Like, comedy has to come from a real place. You can only laugh at somebody's kids falling and somebody, his, their wife. And you can only laugh at these jokes that people write so... I don't like written jokes. 
I don't like a joke that I feel has been written and fucking crafted. I like just the freestyle, nigga. Just give me something off the cuff, nigga. And when Charleston White be talking off the cuff to these gang niggas, I swear, a part of me, a lot of what he says, I want to be said. It can be right, it can be wrong, but I just want them to feel how we felt. I want them to be as mad and as disappointed and as, I want them to be as disgusted as however the black community feels towards Charleston White or the gang community, not the black community. Black community is okay with Charleston White. It's that gang element segment. I want that, that segment to feel that because that's how we felt with them since the 80s. That's how we felt. Hey, guys, shit's getting out of hand, man. You, Hey, man, you went too far right there, man. Hey, man, you shouldn't have did that, man. Man, don't y'all care about nothing, man? Wait a second. This is a funeral. We try. Wait a second, man. And the gang's constantly shut the fuck up. I don't give a fuck. And they laugh. And what you going to do? What you going to do? You niggas ain't going to do nothing. You ain't never going to do nothing. Well, we're not saying we're going to do anything. Bloods, Crips, GDs, and BDs. We're saying as black people, we grew up here. Our beefs have always been about race. Whites, Mexicans, that's our beef. You can't beef because you're born on the east side. I'm born on the west side. We're not going to beef because we're born in two different neighborhoods. What you going to do about it, bitch ass nigga? Go in the house, old bitch. Yeah, this is cripping cuz. This is blooding over here. Go your old ass in the house. Take your square ass in the house. It ain't safe around here. If you ain't blooding, you ain't flooding. If you ain't cripping, you better be dipping. Niggas is tripping cuz. Can't nobody be out here cuz. Everybody go in the house cuz. But we're asking you not to do shut the fuck up, cuz we shooting a funeral up, cuz tell niggas get down, cuz it's whatever, blood on everything on phone. Shoot it up on phone. Shoot it up. The black can, can you guys. So now when I see Charleston White push and do all this file stuff like as bad as it is, when he calls the police on niggas, when he sprays niggas with, with mace, when he gets FBI agents involved and fate goes to Atlanta and doesn't go to Atlanta, but gets Flo Malcolm to think he's in Atlanta and then gets another nigga locked up. When he does all the foul shit and he says all the foul things that he says and I see the reactions on Clubhouse and Whack 100 and the game, everybody getting mad, I just smile and say, how does it feel? That's how we, how the feeling that you gang niggas have towards Charleston White and sometimes towards the crazy shit that I say, that feeling that you have, magnify that times a thousand and that's what the black community has felt since the 1980s towards you motherfuckers do you care do you care that's the question we're at now so we're, we're past the point of what's going on do did, did you care do you care have you ever cared no you never cared so we don't so me i don't give a fuck when charleston might be antagonizing these things i'm just saying that so i don't want you guys to think like oh he, no i'm just letting it be known that we're two different type of people that's all people we're two different type of people you know what i mean our what got us here our roads travel to get here way different the one commonality that we do have is that we believe that gang culture is the number one threat to our communities everything else can we can bob and weave and we'll learn how to spin better and we'll learn we have to live to learn how to spin we're never going to learn how to do the things that we need to do as a black community if everybody that makes it runs away because they don't want to live there. Our black community then will only have poor people in it. You guys get that? That was the big trick. 
They got us. See, the only thing that matters in the world is rich and poor. That's it. Rich and poor. But they've got black people identifying culturally with poor and white people identifying culturally with rich. Now, it's not bad that white people identify culturally with rich. That's their right. And I think that every person should identify with the best things in life. So the fact that white people culturally wanted to grab onto the greatest things in the most um, highest elevating parts of life, that's okay. What I have a problem with is the fact that we gravitated towards the low end. Everything that it means to be poor, how you walk, how you dress, sag your pants, everything has to do with this lack of caring, this, this lack of knowing if I'll be more um, surviving than thriving. We've turned that into our culture. That's my problem. So how are we ever going to have a true black community if our best assets keep leaving? And by them leaving, they're only leaving what kind of people in the black community? Poor. The poors that aren't able to leave. And they perpetuate the criminality and the poor culture. I call it gang culture, but it's just poor culture. It's poor habits, poor habitual behaviors, poor morale, low morale. That's all it is. I call it gang gang behavior, but it's just poor. Only a poor person. And I'm talking, I'm not talking financially. I'm talking about poor spirit. Only a spiritually poor person would carry out in a community the way that you guys do. When you listen to a lot of black people talk in, the, in shows, again, you'll hear them say, man, I didn't know we was poor because it was love. I didn't know we was poor until I got in a rich community. And then I started to measure what I had against other people's. And then I started to realize my economic situation or uh, a friend might have said something. Hey, man, you're poor or something like that. I might have seen something on the television. They referred to my neighborhood that I live in as poor, low income. I didn't know that. I had room. I had food in the refrigerator. I had clothes on my back. My mom kissed me. I felt loved. I didn't know that this whole thing that we start to paint now. I grew up in the hood and with a single parent mom and it was rough. It was rough. A lot of people didn't know it was rough living under those same conditions in the 50s and the 40s, in the 60s, living under the same conditions. They didn't know it was rough because we had love. We had a goal. The goal was to get rich, come back and build. Get rich, come back and build. So, uh, I don't want to spend too much time. We spent a lot of time on that, didn't we, guys? <clears throat> I didn't plan on spending that much time on that, but... It's just something that popped into my head. And like I said, with the Aqib Tlaib shit situation, it was just really fucked up. And Charleston White's out here. <laughs> it's like I said, the, I'm like, Charleston, I'm waiting for the nigga to answer the question. Charleston, stop dancing, my nigga. I was 14. Nobody cares how old you were. Did you tell on your two co-defendants? That's all we want to know. We don't care how old you were. Anything else. We know that you went to juvenile for a murder with two other guys. Did you tell on those two other guys to cut your time? And have you been going to the parole board requesting that Antoine Doolittle stay in jail when he could have been out 10 years ago? That's what we want to know. All that this nigga was 14, they say 15. And they said the in the court hiring, it said R. They fucking up. In the newspaper, they said there was three. These niggas said it was two. 
Like, come on, Charleston, stop doing that. That stop that. Don't do that. Like, I mean, do it. You know what I'm saying? If the, if the niggas gonna let you do it, do it. If you could dance, nigga Mayweather, you can slob, bob, and weave, nigga, do it. But I wouldn't let you do it. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit, Charleston. All I want to know is, did you tell on your co-defendants to cut your time? And since have you been going to the parole board requesting that they do not release him on the grounds that he might that your life is in danger? These are the questions we want to know. Once you answer that, we can move on to the next fucking segment. Ah, but yeah, homie in the chat. You like Charles? No, I'm not like Charles White, man. We just believe the same thing as far as gang culture. That's where it starts and stops. After that, we're two totally different people. Two totally different people. Like I said, I don't have that hatred of the gangs. His hatred of the gang is different than mine. Mine comes from more of a black community. Like, hey, man, it's time to stop. I understand what happened, and I'm not stupid, and I get it what happened, but, yo, it's time to stop now. And if we're going to f- make sure that the future has any chance, we don't know what the future is. Nobody knows what the future is, but if we want to have a chance, we want to do the best we can so our children and our the next generations have a chance, this cannot be anywhere near our gen- our future. Do you get what I'm saying? If we want to have, if we want our future to have a good chance, this gang shit cannot be anywhere by it because this will exterminate it. This will kill. This will scare. This will breed uh, the environment where criminality can take shape, take place, where savagery and evil can take place. We can't do that for our future's sake. Like I said, we don't know what our future is going to be, but we know that we want to give it the best shot. And if this is anywhere around, that hinders our progress. See, that kind of talk. Ah, Charleston White, Charleston White, Charleston White. My nigga, my nigga, my nigga. If you don't get no bigger than six figures, Brittany Griner. Can y'all stop crying about fucking Brittany Griner, please? You know that one thing I do know is that <laughs> niggas so badly wish that Brittany Griner could be br- could be blamed on Donald Trump. <laughs> I could just see it in their face when they talk. They want to say, hey, man, fuck Trump. Trump got Brittany. They want to say it so bad, but they know that's old Joe and Kamala. And Kamala Harris. Kam- and ain't that a bitch? We're trying, how are we going to get Brittany Griner out of jail for some weed in Russia when our vice president, Kamala Harris, put niggas in jail for weed in, Minis- in America? Like, what the fuck are we doing? And not only that, we got niggas in jail right now for weed crimes. Why would we go all the way to Russia to get Brittany Griner out? Let her do her fucking time. Shit, let her figure that shit out. Shit. Now, if Donald Trump was the president, you know, that would be nothing but a phone call. I mean, after all, he did get ASAP Rocky out. Let's not forget. Yeah, Joe Biden doesn't really have a record of getting black people out of jail. He has a record of putting black people in jail. (laughs) Yeah, but Donald Trump got ASAP Rocky out like that. Remember when ASAP Rocky got in trouble? Yeah, Trump got him out. Nigga, he said, well, we, nigga, Trump called Sweden and said there will never be another Swedish fish, fish sold. In America, if you don't let out our boy ASAP, Rocky. And when I say ASAP, that's not his name. I mean as soon as possible. If you don't let ASAP Rocky out, bitch is going down. And Rocky Rocky was out. Nigga, next nigga shortly. Kicking with Rihanna, nigga. Same thing could have happened with Britney Griner, nigga. Same thing. If we had the right nigga in office. You got Sleepy Joe in the office. Britney Griner's gonna do nine years, nigga. That's not nigga, that's that's your fault, nigga. Who you put in office, nigga? Yeah, Brittany Griner, I'm sure she was like, fuck Trump. Yeah, I'm sure Brittany Griner was like, fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, okay, now sit your ass down nine years. Had you been smart, stop going with the flow and think, you'd have recognized, like, hey, man, Trump ain't so bad. 
Uh, what else? You see, they raided Trump's fucking house. Ain't that fucked up? Raided my nigga's house, man. All these Democrats, man. All these liberal Democrats got cases of child abduction. You know how many child abduction cases are out there that are tied to people with very um, prominent um, Democratic uh, ties to Democratic organizations? Do you know? There's probably about 30 cases of people out there, high profile cases of people out there who are tied to sex trafficking charges. Robert Kraft like that. Robert, big guys like that, that do shit like that. But you don't hear about it. Oh, you don't hear about it, but they're fucking going to raid. They're going to raid my president's fucking house. Take that as a sign of disrespect, honestly. Yeah, Trump's house got raided. They said they found some documents of espionage. You know what they're going to say. Donald Trump doing Trump ain't done nothing, man. Come on, guys. Trump knew what he, Trump knew he was being watched. Trump ain't stupid. I'm not dumb. I understand you motherfuckers is watching me. What else should we got? You guys want to go to the nigga zoo? Should we go to the nigga zoo right before we go to bed? I'm about to go to bed here in a minute. Should we go to the nigga zoo? You want to go to clubhouse and listen to what's going on to the nigga zoo? Oh, Nipsey Hussle gets his star. Oh, shouts out to Nipsey Hussle. <laughs> Fuck, Nipsey Hussle got his star on the Walk of Fame, and Wack 100 was mad. <laughs> Wack 100 was mad. Hey, man, Wack 100 is a very interesting character, but one thing, he is really trying to patch up this beef with, between Big U. I ain't never seen a street nigga go so hard. Every time, every time something is brought up, Wack 100, man, Big U, he's the best thing in the world, man. Well, Wack 100. You know that we think about shutting this fat burger down. Man, Big U opened the first fat burger ever in the world. I'm just saying, I ain't trying to ride no dicks or nothing, but Big U is the man, Big Didn't Big U send his nephew to try to knock you the fuck out at the concert with game? Yeah, nigga, and little draws, tiny draws. But anyway, Big U is the greatest thing in the world, man. Big U is so great. So, nigga, Wack is really trying to patch that relationship up between Big U. So Nipsey Hussle gets his uh, star on the Walk of Fame and Nip and uh, Big U comes out. I mean, sorry, not Big U. Wack 100 comes out and immediately says, why is he getting one? Big U did everything he did. <laughs> it's like, Wack. <laughs> we get it, man. Big U's going to fuck you up, right? Like, I remember them. I remember them times when I used to be scared of niggas. Like, oh, my God, this nigga's going to fucking kick my ass, man. That's how that's how Wack 100 is acting. Wack 100 is acting like Big U's going to beat that ass. And he's trying to do everything he can to, like, make Big U be nice or something. Big U's the greatest. Hey, man, um, I'm not going to eat this pizza. Just give it to Big U. <laughs> hey, man, Big U, Big U. <laughs> Big U's going to fuck you up when he sees you, okay? Just take the fucking fate. If I was you, I would have just went to Big U's house and said, let's get him up, nigga. That's the kind of nigga I am, nigga, especially with your friend. You know what I'm saying? You know Big U ain't going to fucking try to, no shady shit, try to kill you, nigga. He just wants to, he just wants to, um, he wants to settle it. With the with the chrome metal shit, <laughs> you know, he wants to settle with the knuckles, nigga. You could just call. Come on, Big U, let's get this fade out the way, nigga. So you feel better, I feel better. We can go back to just being cool. I don't have to keep sucking your dick on every fucking uh, clubhouse session. We are gonna go to clubhouse in a second. I bet you, Whack One Hundred is in that motherfucker talking about Big U. He put the first fucking ice cream shop up on Sloss. <laughs> like, all right, man, we get it, man. Big U's gonna fuck you up when he catches you for what you said, okay? All right, so just just accept the fade, whack. Stop trying to fucking massage Big U's balls and think that's going to help. Nigga, just call him and do the fade. Nigga, and get it over with. Oh, shit. Anyway, what's going on in the world? You guys are crazy. Doja Cat cuts off her eyebrows and tells people checking on her 
mental health to stop checking on her mental health. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? I do remember that. You guys remember that? Doja Cat cut her hair off, then she cut her eyebrows off, and her fans were like, Doja, are you okay? And then she gets mad. Am, how am I not supposed to be okay? Ain't a woman can't cut her eyebrows off. And now everybody's in my comments talking about, are you okay? Sis, are you okay? Y'all need to stop. First of all, I'm like, you mental health motherfuckers are a trip. That's why I don't fuck around with mental health people. So let me get this right. For all you mental health crazies out there, you fucking nut cuckoo bird motherfuckers. So if you, if we ignore your mental health and we don't even acknowledge it, we're insensitive. If we check on you and just say, hey, man, is everything okay? Is everything okay? Then we're being nosy. See what I'm saying? That's how you know all of this shit is just social media fluff. Nothing is tangible. There isn't, if, if you have to give me a right answer, if there is no right answer and there's only wrong answers, or there is no wrong answer, there's only right answers, I don't like playing that game. There has to be a wrong and a right answer. Right? That's Doja Cat, shaved off her eyebrows, fan. <laughs> Hey, girl, you okay? Of course I'm okay. Why are you asking me if I'm okay? See, that's that shit. That's why we kill ourselves because everybody keeps asking us if we okay. Oh, God damn it. Fuck it. Next time I won't ask if you're okay. Ain't nobody going to ask if I'm okay. Nobody checked on me today. That's why we be killing ourselves because nobody checks on us. <laughs> oh, my God. What, what do I do? How do I win? What do I do? <laughs> Fat Joe goes off on Irv Gotti over Ashanti comments. God damn. Fat Joe, do you want to fuck Ashanti? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be my only question. Like, I'm going to keep it a bean. Fat Joe. Hey, man, this is between Irv Gotti and Ashanti. They were fucking. I don't understand why everybody else has to talk about. Listen, man, let's let's be real about this. Listen, Irv Gotti and Ashanti were fucking and had a relationship. Irv Gotti is talking about that in a documentary that he put together. And he's talking about it on the Drink Champ show. He's talking about his relationship. He's not talking about some relationship he watched and witnessed and giving his opinion on. Nigga, I was sticking my dick in this broad. This is my, that's my broad. Well, it was till I looked on TV and seen Nelly walking down the fucking Lakers game with her hand in hand. In hand. So this is his experience. How, how motherfucker can't talk about his experience? Now you got Fat Joe trying to cut. And all they're trying to do is just get the women. This is all the game. They're trying to get all the women to say, yeah, Fat Joe spoke up. That's a real man. Fat Joe's a real man. Shout out to Fat Joe. And all that bullshit. Who needs that? Speak real. And the real thing to say is I don't have anything to say about Irv Gotti and Ashanti's relationship or what Irv Gotti said about Ashanti. He didn't say he's going to punch her. That's when men stepped. Wait, hold on, bro. You're going a little bit too far. Yeah. Nigga talking about, I'm going to beat Ashanti up. I'm going to punch her when I see her. I'm going to hit her. Okay, my nigga, slow down. But just because you said I loved her and I'm feeling like this, now I got to come on my social media platform and talk about Irv's tripping because why? He's telling how he felt about a relationship he had. <laughs> niggas be tripping me out, boy. Niggas can't. Man, I'm telling you, street niggas think they can do anything. Street niggas, they think they can do anything and that nobody can say anything back to them. But what I realize is street niggas do not have the right to say anything. <laughs> That's why they act like that. But in reality, you don't have a right to do anything. What you've caused, the detriment that you've caused the black community, street niggas, you should be quiet. And you really should. You shouldn't say anything. You shouldn't do anything. You definitely don't have the right to have a uh, holier-than-thou approach when walking up with your chest out like, I'm going to tell you how the right way and the right to shut up with your righteous and your street laws that nobody lives by, not even you. You've broken your street laws probably seven times in your life. Shut up. 
I've never killed a black man. I've never went back. I've never raped a black woman. There's laws that have to do with black people. I've never fucking broken those. Don't fucking come with your street philosophies trying to wave that street flag. I'm honorable in the streets. Shut up. No, you're not. And if you were, that's a dumbass place to be honorable at. Why wouldn't you be honorable in school? Motherfuckers go to jail to learn to read and write and all the shit that they should have just did in school, you motherfuckers. Can't get you to write an essay. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? All these niggas in my comment section, all this typing they be doing, nigga, your teacher couldn't get you to fucking write an essay. Now you're in my comment section writing a whole goddamn book. <laughs> <laughs> niggas trip me out how and when they want to use skills. Oh, why didn't, why didn't you been use that skill, nigga? Could have been a great fucking... Typist. <laughs> uh, what's going on? 21 Savage gets mad because people are calling him a hypocrite. Yeah, nigga, you can't spend your whole music career talking about savagely murdering little kids and mothers. And, and Sav- 21 Savage always talks about catching the innocent person. Sav- 21 Savage always talks about, oh, I can't catch you. Well, I'll shoot your mom. I'll shoot your brother. I'll shoot your best friend. I'll shoot your baby mama. Why would you say shit like that and then come on a post so you make music you make album after album promoting black evil demonic activities that's what your music does then you want to come in a post on instagram one time because you've seen a movie yeah you've seen some movie you watch some netflix movie and it riled you up and you're like oh or i don't know what happened something might have happened on the news and then all oh, niggas in atlanta need to put the guns down nigga they're listening to you when they're killing you're the reason why they kill, nigga. Fuck are you talking about, you fucking son of an immigrant? You nigga that came over from Great Britain and just jumped into street shit for no fucking reason? Nigga, fuck out of here. I'm just saying, why can't a nigga just talk? See, that's why I hate saying anything, bro, because when I try to talk real, niggas want to come in the comment section and talk about I'm a hypocrite because you're a fucking hypocrite, nigga. You got 10 albums talking about black death in one post. That's not a good ratio. You got 10 albums. Each of those albums have at least seven songs on them talking about killing and murder with a demonic, evil, scary, eerie, demonic beat in the background. You got 10 albums like this. And then you want to do one post talking about we need to put the guns down. Shut up, nigga. Do some songs about putting the guns down. That's what we need. Do, try that. Do, do about two albums of put the guns down too. That's still outnumbered, eight to two. But just try it. Try to do two albums about putting the guns down. Nigga, you talking about? Uh, have Rory and Maul surpassed Joe Button? I think they have. I think that Rory and Maul have surpassed Joe Button, man, as far as um, being like connected to the culture. The same thing that Joe Button was like four years ago, how there were bigger podcasts. There was the Joe Rogan Charlemagne. I mean, there were podcasts that were bigger than Joe Button, but he had the ears. He had the wave. Everybody that was, you know, connected to hip hop was checking out Joe Button first. Right. He had the ear of the hip hop culture. That's a small group. Hip hop culture is I know you guys think it's like some big group, but I'm talking about the culture, the people who obsess about it and really are are interwoven into the fabrics of hip hop. That's a very small knit group. And. I feel that Rory and Maul definitely have surpassed Joe Budden um, as the voice of that group now. I believe that group listens and checks for Rory and Maul's podcast way before they check for Joe Budden. Um, they still check for Joe. Um, Joe's perspective is a unique perspective to have, but I'm just talking about as far as the wave of the culture. 
I think that Rory and Maul have surpassed Joe. I think they have. They And I didn't see it happening because I didn't see their worth when they were with Joe Budden. It just seemed like they were guys that showed up, kind of hanger-oners. But they they really stepped their shit up. And I listen to them all the time. They're one of my favorite podcasts. So shouts out to Rory and Maul for not fucking just going, you know what I'm saying, going with the flow. Oh, you guys think we're going to fail? Fuck it. We're gonna, them niggas put maximum effort. And they really kind of showed their personality what they brought to Joe Button podcast. Now, now the other two niggas is looking lame. <laughs> Man, the, the other two niggas on the Joe Button podcast, you niggas better come up with some t-shirts, some socks, some now later. You need better come up with something because Rory and Maul are creating over here. So don't tell me that you guys don't have anything that you're creating. Don't tell me that you're just losing weight to look good on the Joe Button podcast. Yeah, I seen you guys drop a couple pounds. Niggas is losing weight and trying to look good. Don't tell me you're just doing that. Waiting for your next episode. That's what Rory and Maul did. That's what they did. Just or that's what it looked like they were doing. We see now they were really handling business. So, <sighs> yeah, yeah, y'all. We might. I might get on out of here. Should we go? Y'all want to go to the nigga zoo? Let's go to the nigga zoo for two seconds. We'll go to the nigga zoo for a second. Because, and the main reason I'm going to the nigga zoo. Let's go to the nigga zoo. Is because I just never done it on this podcast before. So fucking let's do it. See if we can find, I want you to hear, man, Clubhouse is definitely an experiment. Clubhouse is like an experiment for how stupid niggas have fallen from the tree of greatness. And they like, just listen. I'm trying to see if I can find Wack 100. His rooms always be funny. But, um, let's see here. Come should we fuck? Where's Wack at, man? I can't hear him. Can you? Bitch, just in time. Thank you, Nick. See, here we go, y'all. Just in time. Hi, Rock. Wait, I tried to bring up Rocky, but sis. I we mean, are officially in bitch, the zoo. How, wait, don't how is she leaving? I don't have a bean. Listen to these bitches. Do, this don't make sense. Don't pet the animals. Okay, we're how she lead the room. <laughs> I don't even. Don't pet the animals. <laughs> okay. Just, okay, now I gotta be. Got it. Just listen, guys. Good morning. Don't good morning. Leave the room. Don't don't pet the animals. Hold on. Let me give y'all y'all beans. This clubhouse shit is so funny okay. how it works. Okay, so now everybody can bring up people. Hey, I'm taking the link to the late night. Period. Period. Good morning, 100 team. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. See, this is why niggas shouldn't have access to technology. Good morning, Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Naughty. Good morning, Rue. Good morning, Good morning, Rue. Good morning, Rue. Good morning, Rue. Good morning, Rue. Good morning, Lati. Yo. Good morning, Will. Where's Wack 100 at, man? Okay, so I was in this room and this dude was telling me about, like, businesses and stuff like that. And I had recorded it. I wanted you to listen to it to see if it's, like, factual. To see if it's, like, what? Factual. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Play the recording. Let's see. Let, let's dig through it. No, I don't want to hear no yeah, goddamn recording. I, definitely wanted to do that. I wanted to hear <laughs> Wack 100 talk shit. 
Oh, uh, I found whack. I found the room. Fuck There's no man. way they should be serving him. They should not be letting him in. That shit is crazy. Well, what do you say to him, sir? My bad, I'm not in the house. Yeah, like, what are you going to say to him, sir? ass in the house. But you got to go. You got monkey pox. You got to go. You can't, you can't even beat the nigga's ass, nigga. You can't even do his ass. Nobody, bro, like, you take your order from the little shit. Ain't nobody right there. Yeah. So by the time he get there, half the time them people was taking the other order, they just grabbing your money. If you if you watch the operation, they ain't even yeah. looking at you. They tell you thirteen eighty seven, grab your money, give you change, you go to the next one or they hand you a bag, you out. Fast. Yeah, yes. and the oh, crazy part, the, scary, well, the most dangerous part about that monkeypox is, is just like the COVID. You you'll have it for like a week or three days before now you niggas start is talking like they're doctors. You could give it to other people, not knowing you even got it. Incubation period. Now niggas are gonna be talking like they're doctors. Boys down here in uh, Dallas, Texas, man. That nigga was up. In I the- don't believe monkeypox is real until more rappers start getting it. I'm gonna need more rappers to get monkeypox in order for me to believe it's real. Because they all fuck the same 27 bitches, right? And when them 27 bitches aren't fucking those same lame rappers, they're fucking the dirtiest, thuggish, dirtiest, dingiest, scrubbiest drug dealers in the inner cities. Like, that's how the bad bitches keep their lights on. Like, don't let these fucking bitches fool you. How they survive is the average everyday drug dealer. They get lucky when the rapper comes into town on tour or fucking NBA All-Star Weekend or something like that, Super Bowl. Then they get access and try to rekindle something like that. But on their average every day, the baddest bitches, the bitches on Instagram with the best bodies and the baddest bitches, them bitches got monkeypox. They should because they're fucking the scummiest and the dirtiest drug dealers in the neighborhood. Let's get back to the zoo. Hold on, hold on. We're not talking about just the sex stories right now. No, it wasn't cottage cheese. He said her pussy smell like a grill. why people are catching monkeypox through sexual intercourse. Sexual intercourse. Sexual intercourse. You're not washing your hands. Hey, Justin said he was fucking with a girl that her pussy smell like a grilled ham and cheese, nigga. Hey, yo, hey, yo, I remember that. Listen to the level of ignorance in this goddamn. Now, don't pet the animals. Don't feed the animals. Just walk. This is we're in the zoo. So you can't touch and you can't feed. You just have to walk. Well, this is the penguin section. We're going to go into the gorilla section. That's crazy. Y'all just starting to be safe. With that nigga got life. five bodies in People one night. People were talking about monkeypox out here. Y'all hey, I ain't, ain't fuck with y'all niggas no more, more man. Which is God. the leading cause no of motherfucking death yeah, right now. Now I got my loud mic on. This nigga said she smelled like grilled cheese and she was coming back the next night. Nigga, <laughs> he, he, did. Did. Yeah. he did. He did. He did. He did. He said that. Yes, he did. All right, we can't do that. I can't listen to that. Shit. I swear to God, I try when the clubhouse first came out, I was like on that shit all the time. But uh, once niggas got a hold of it, like when clubhouse first started, it was introspective conversations, people talking about Zodiac signs. And it was just a lot of um controversial, not controversial. What's the word that I'm looking for? Um, conspiracy a lot of conspiracy theory conversations it was fun it was like the thinkers and then the niggas came and then once the niggas came like anything else podcasting rap anything nick street niggas come into they just wreck it 
thank God that street niggas haven't come into basketball or the sports because that'll be gone too. You know what street niggas never come into though? UFC. I wonder why that is. Why isn't more street niggas going into the UFC? You're so tough. You get out of jail. You got all these muscles and you're so tough and you got all these muscles and you're so tough and you want to fight and you can fight and you're so tough and you can't wait to fight and you want to fight and you want to come back to the black community. You want to punk people. You want to fight and you want to sit there with you and you've been you know, them weightlifting. You're strong than a motherfucker. Why wouldn't you want to go into the UFC and get paid? God damn, that's $100,000, nigga. You can have fight of the night and get 100 racks, nigga. You'll never make 100 racks in Lancaster. You'll never make 100 racks in Compton, in Watts. Nigga, you're never going to make $100,000 doing anything as a low-life gang member just getting out of prison. But if you're so tough, you're so bad. We know, hey, football, that's tough to get in that. It's not tough to get in the NFC. I mean, to get in the UFC, all you got to do is knock a motherfucker out, go in that ring, knock a motherfucker out, choke him out, slam him. And I guarantee within a, you do that about two, three times, you'll have a UFC contract, buddy. It's a real sh- It's a lot easier than whatever the fuck you're planning on doing, which is intimidate niggas. <laughs> oh, that's all that. That let me know that street niggas ain't that tough. I'm like, why are we flooding the UFC? We're so tough. We're so bad. We're so gangster. Why are we not just fucking all through the UFC beating up these Russian and these Irish and these English and these fucking brazilian and mexican motherfuckers they're kicking our ass every time we step in the octagon as soon as that door gets locked a nigga is gonna get his ass fucked up trying to box and punch trying to think he's gonna scare and intimidate the other guy nigga i'm from the hood nigga i don't don't know what hood is i'm going to put you in the hood of the car (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's like and that's what i realized i'm like if you just don't let that shit have any effect on you you just got to be oblivious to it you have to be oblivious to street shit the same way a Russian dude would be. A Russian dude would come and he, I don't, I don't know anything about the street. I do know I can beat your ass. I don't know anything about thing, but I know I can beat you. I know you can't beat me. And if you just think about those lines when you deal with niggas, it's way safer than starting to think of, oh my God, he's a this and that. Nigga, that shit don't mean shit. Them niggas ain't on shit, nigga. If any gang nigga was threatening or dangerous, trust me, the FB, they wouldn't be letting them talk in rap music. Trust me. That's why they never let rap music talk about the, um, what's the, the real black revolutionary movements, you know, the black liberation arm. You never heard rap talk about BLA. No, we don't, they don't let us talk about real dangerous shit. You don't get to be on the cover of Wheaties. You don't get to do Super Bowls. You don't get to be promoted by Nike and MTV and all these corporations. If what you're talking about is really threatening to the power structure, which is any real revolutionary black idea so for these gang members to be all on tv and be rapping you're not you can't be talking about something dangerous so that's what i treat them like thank you guys for rocking with the north star podcast today like i said another upload i'm gonna see i did say that if this episode and these episodes continue to do good financially then i'm gonna start cash apping um, my supporters Start cash apping you a thousand dollars just as my way to say thank you. If you have my material and my content up on your page. Um, but so my first episode getting paid was um, I almost lost everything Then I came back with stop signs and masterpieces that did. Okay. Um, so now I'm going to upload this one and see if I can crack into that 5,000 to 10,000 
again. And if that happens and I'm finding out that, you know, I finally cracked the code on this, then this can get really lucrative because I do kind of want to teach up and coming podcasters how I do this as far as um, <clears throat> the ads and actually monetizing off your streams um, from your podcast. So who knows? We'll see. But um, thank you guys for rocking with Simba Ali. I'm about to go in here and knock out. Don't forget common sense is the best form of currency because that can be spent anywhere. I'm out.